Wow. Okay, business owners, crazy times means big help is needed, and I'm here for you. Right now, lock in my special offer, 50% off all social media marketing packages, from we do everything for you to we plan with you. Whatever you need, we are here to help you market your business on social media. Hi, this is Glory with Successful Marketing Group. For a limited time, you can get my entire team of super smart social media marketers working for you for 50% off all level of packages. Don't wait. Go right now to SuccessfulMarketingGroup.com backslash social and let's get you where you need to be. Cheryl Reeve and I were just talking off the air, and she sounds very excited about the advent of free agency. We're recording this show on Thursday afternoon before free agent negotiations and discussions even begin. And we've been talking about free agency for a while. It is fun to have some actual news and an actual calendar leading up to a season. Let's talk to Cheryl about that here on the Cheryl Reeve Show. This is part of TalkNorth.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. Find all the shows, all the outdoor shows, all the sports shows at TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks to our sponsors. Successful Marketing Group. We're going to tell you about Glory Ramsey's uh, great uh, charitable initiative and how well it did later. Also, local realtor, VibeMN.com, realtor, Cara Quinn. We appreciate their support as always. All right, Cheryl. So you just tell me you might have to get a nap because free agency starts tonight. You know, for those of us who aren't completely... Uh, informed on how it all works and whether there's anything different this year than the past. Can you just give us a primer on free agency, uh, how it works, how it works in the WNBA this year, and what your expectations are? Well, you know, free agency is a little bit like springtime uh, (laughs) in that, you know, like you you kind of, everyone's excited, the flowers are in bloom, and then there's hope for, you know, kind of that, uh, that beautiful summer around the corner. And so that's, that's a little bit like, uh, free agency, I, I think, uh, especially for WNBA teams, um, the, in that, you know, there's this uh, newness, I think, about uh, putting your roster together. It's kind of go time for the next season. Again, we're quiet for a couple months after the season, and then now free agency is kind of the, the kickoff point for the for the 21 uh, season. Uh, so, I, and I think it's like, again, it's just a period of hope. You know, the, 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 the buds on the, the flowers are ready to bloom, and and, and teams are jockeying for position to to make the necessary improvements that that, that they see for their teams, and and it's exciting. You know, recruiting is exciting. Uh, that's essentially what we're doing. Uh, you know, I, it's been a long time since I uh, did college recruiting, uh, but you know, uh, everything is sales, and and so you know, we're going to be uh, along with eleven other teams. You know, that'll be on the market. You know, just just trying to find players that we think will improve our roster and and. You know, I'm excited in Minnesota because we always have so much to sell. Um, and so that's not a difficult phone conversation that we have with these players. It's actually rather exciting. Uh, and, and most of the players are pretty darn excited to hear from us. So, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, we got a couple weeks to get negotiations done. And, you know, the first signing can't take place till February 1. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how things turn out. And are the mechanics of free agency different this year than they have been in the past? No, they're not. Uh, the only thing that's different is, as we know, we talked a lot about in last year's free agency period, there was more of a frenzy because of the opportunity to, to pay um, the upper echelon players more money. You know, there's a, a super max that's significantly more than what the super max was in the old CBA. The old CBA 
Supermax was only $2,500 difference um, between, you know, the lower max and, and what, what they called the Supermax. Um, you know, now the name is, is much more suited in that uh, a lower max player is going to be, you know, $30,000 less than an upper max player. Um, and, and so you have to spend wisely. You know, I, I think we, we mentioned this before in a recent interview that uh, the cap only went up $300,000, but the ability to pay your top players went up by over $100,000. And so these top players that are coming off their CBA deals from before are, are likely chewing up uh, a couple of upper maxes. Uh, so you got to be really mindful in, in how you, you know, use your dollars. And, uh, and that's why I think we're going to have the opportunity to see more movement because I think, you know, there, are, there will be teams that will be better positioned uh, than, than uh, some to keep their own players. And so I think we're going to finally see uh, a little more movement in our league. Uh, free agency uh, is, is now after five years as opposed to six. Uh, so there's, you know, there's a few things. The ability to core uh, is, is getting less and less. Um, you know, the number of years that you could be cored has been lowered. So some things like that are coming into play here. And, and uh, you know, I think that will, it will definitely lead to more movement. And you're in a very intriguing spot in that you've had a couple of really good drafts. You have good young talent that isn't making a lot of money yet. Uh, do you look at this free agency period as a time where you're going to pursue stars or are we going to pursue people who fit well? Well, you, you try to do both, right? You know, players that either are currently are stars or you project to be stars. Um, you know, it depends on which, which path, um, you know, a franchise is on. For example, last year uh, we made a play for some veteran stars, uh, which would have kind of put us in the, you know, back into that aging uh, space. Um, but, you know, I think that, like you mentioned, the success that we've had with some younger players um, you know, we might opt for uh, more of the kind of the uh, not younger roster, but, you know, kind of adding some veterans that that, that have been in the league, that have had success. Um, and, and, and we think, you know, in a couple cases, maybe on the verge of success. So, um, you know, we're we don't need a whole lot. I, I think if you look at our team, uh, analytics likes our team. Uh, we have a productive team. Uh, we finished top four in the league. You know, we also understand that the bubble season was unique. Uh, could be difficult for us to duplicate if we stand pat. Um, we also have to pay attention to some expiring contracts. So we have some things to juggle. Um, and, and ultimately, uh, the best news for us is that we are well positioned uh, cap wise. And, and that's that's what we could ask for. Uh, we do have some flexibility there. And how are you viewing Sylvia at this point in her career? Is it all systems go, or do you start looking for someone who could either, you know, eventually succeed her or even spell her a little bit right now? Yeah, I think probably more the latter. Um, you know, I, I was asked those questions uh, around Lindsay, Simone, mm -hmm. uh, Rebecca. So, like, you know, replacing those those players, there's some of the all-time greats at their position. There's no such thing. You can replace them with a player. Right. Uh, but replacing their talent is is really uh, really challenging. Um, but it's all systems go uh, with Syl. You know she continues to uh, prepare, and uh, you know she's recovered from her lower leg injury. And um, you know we certainly want to uh, you know maximize her remaining time. And and uh, and then you know I think if you can, you know you certainly you know we, we've done this. Um, you start to look at. You know, life after Sill. You know, we've we've done that for a couple of years. There's no easy answer to that. Um, you know, young players want to play the ones that are talented, and 
you know, playing behind Sill isn't exactly a good time. <laughs> you've got to be, you've got to be patient because the minutes just simply aren't there. Uh, we are going to look at uh, reducing Sill's minutes um, and making sure that she's available uh, to us at, at, you know, the the right times for us during the season, especially during an Olympic year that she'll be a part of. And um, you know, we got, we got to look at life after Sill when we saw uh, Collier and Dantas playing together four or five. Um, so, you know, it was, it was interesting. And, and so I, I think we see some, some, uh, or at least a path forward, uh, after SIL, whenever that would happen. Um, you know, so right now it's not necessarily, a, uh, an urgency in terms of a need. Uh, but if something presented itself, it certainly would make sense. And you did, uh, resign Bridget Carlson. Uh, did you feel like she really broke through for you this year? And then what do you think her future holds? Yeah, you know, Bridget's one of our, our great stories from 2020 uh, in that Bridget and I had a conversation following the 2019 season. Uh, we were both with our national teams down in Puerto Rico and, and, and just kind of talked about what the possibilities were, uh, if she could do some things. And, and she's just a worker. Uh, so she came back uh, in the, for the 2020 season being in great shape, uh, was more agile, uh, was, was better suited to to guard small forwards than, than what I thought she was in her first year as a rookie coming off of uh, college ball where she played the power forward. It's a difficult transition, that position, uh, especially defensively flying around screens, being, you know, being in pick and roll defense. Um, and, and so I just thought she really positioned herself well. And, and then it's always about opportunity. Um, you know, again, you know, you hate to see injuries, but um, injuries lead to opportunities for other players. And, and Bridget was one of those players that saw the opportunity uh, go way up um, and, and, and made the most of it. Just a player you can count on, steady, you know exactly what to expect, had a really good training camp. Um, you know, she went against Collier in, in training camp and you started to kind of go, hey, Fee's having a hard time right now. You know, who's, who's she playing? Was she, you know, she's going against Carlton. Carlton just gave her, you know, some, some physicality, some size. You got to go guard her at the three-point line. Uh you know, one of my favorite plays is, is, is Bridget going off the bounce, attacking along the baseline, reverse layup versus Candace Parker. Uh, severed the angle where Parker couldn't block her. And, and uh, you know, she just, just was really, really uh, a fun part of our team. Obviously a, a great cultural fit. And uh, uh, so no-brainer for us to, you know, continue down the path with Bridget. And, and I know you're not always going to answer these kind of questions, but I am very interested. Do you see her as a starting player uh, for a good team in this league or more of a, a come-off-the-bench type player? Well, I mean, she started for us last year. Um, yep. So she showed that, you know, that she is a capable uh, starter. I don't, um, you know, I, I think we'll have to see how the team is constructed. I, I typically don't decide those things, um, you know, unless you have, obviously, Collier's going to start. You know, you right. know, Sill's going to start. You have those kind of things. But, um, you know, you have to see how things play out and how the roster comes together and be ready. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily think Bridge is going to, you know, have the mindset of coming in. You know that that she's a starter. Uh, I've talked to her about you know being able to play multiple positions uh, and even being able to play the two at times for us. You know that just that increases your opportunity for more minutes, the more positions you can play. Uh, and she's really embracing that. And and uh, yeah, I guess uh, you know she she certainly earned the right to to talk about being a starter. That's for sure. Yeah, our friend Lori Ramsey organized the uh, the winter winter wear drive that uh, did so well. Uh, she with the help of Cheryl and Jana Shortle and people like uh, Rachel Bannum and Nafisa Collier helped us raise more than $20,000 uh, 
uh, on the fifth annual winter wear drive. Great work, especially during a pandemic where we can't get everybody out and get them excited at a venue. Uh, I want to thank everybody who contributed, everybody even thought about contributing. Remember, we will be doing this again next year. And I think we can beat that. I think we can beat $20,000. So let's make that a goal for the next year. I uh, want to just read and glory run successful marketing group.com successful marketing group. Obviously it's a marketing group aimed at middle, middle sized and smaller businesses that want really personal attention and want to be able to go target certain kinds of customers. So we highly recommend glory for that, but we also just like working with good hearted people like glory. And, uh, she said that, uh, she wanted to say, uh, that her thanks uh, to her partners cannot be measured in two and a half weeks. We all helped homeless youth in the Twin Cities unlike we have never done before. Uh, it has gone from $6,000 in $5,000 in 2018, $6,000 2019, more than $20,000 this year. Part of that was Cheryl being well, Cheryl and I both contributed. I'm sure Cheryl contributed more than I did. And Cheryl, you know, was even matching uh, gifts. Thanks to Cheryl for all that. Uh, 35% of all homeless youth are parents. Is really important stuff. The t-shirts that you are going to receive if you made a donation will be delivered this week. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to Glory. Uh, great work, everyone. Um, any other roster topics you want to bring up now as you, as you kind of head into free agency? No, other than uh, we have a lot of players already uh, under contract, so we're we're, we're well positioned. Um, you know, we don't we don't have to approach free agency with any level of uh, desperation. It's more about uh, kind of selecting. I think a couple of players that we think. Uh, again, are a part of you know the culture uh, of the Minnesota Lynx and a part of the growth that we've seen over the last two years. Uh, so we can be patient and, and selective, and we'll certainly do that. Uh, and, and certainly, people always think about what are our needs. Um, you know, I, I think that you know you, you could you know continue to point to our perimeter. Uh, you know, uh, without a Lindsey Whale and a Simone Augustus in the backcourt, you know, we continue to try to find our footing. Uh, in that regard, we know that Crystal had a really good rookie year. I liked what Rachel Bannum did. Odyssey Sims has been really good for us since she's come over uh, uh, from L.A. So, you know, we, we like uh, a lot of the pieces that we have. We probably could use another uh, A player, uh, so to speak, on, on the perimeter. Um, I, I think people are kind of pointing to that as, as a need for us, and I think that's probably fair. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's, a, that's the way I was thinking. Um, let's uh... – Let's get to a couple of the other topics. Brian Agler won a couple of championships in the WNBA, has retired, and is now going to go uh, work for his alma mater, Wittenberg. Do you have any uh, memories of Brian or his tenure? Uh, we've had some great battles. Yeah. Um, we've been in the league together for a long time. And, yeah. uh, you know, obviously in Seattle, uh, they were really good. L.A., they were really good. Just a tremendous coach. Uh, and so it'll be interesting. You know, I think – you know, you look at it, you know, you get to a certain part of your, point in your career and, and, you know, administration is definitely more appealing uh, probably <laughs> at some point in your career. And, and it seems like Brian might have hit that, might have hit that. And do you have a uh, favorite kind of rising young coach, either in the league or in college basketball, that you would like to see get a chance in the WNBA? Of course, you have, you have Katie right there waiting for a job. So uh, that's probably number one on your list. I just didn't know if there, there was a name out there that we should be keeping an eye out for. Uh, you know, like you said, Katie Planet and, and Rebecca are, are, are some good young coaches. Uh, but I think in terms of uh, college, we certainly have seen uh, some very successful, um, like, like probably one of my favorite stories um, is, um, and why I'm going to draw, draw a blank, uh, uh, Adia Barnes uh, at Arizona, mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. played in the WNBA. So it's kind of fun to watch the ones that played in the league 
and go coach uh, and to see them find success. Uh, the one that's not really talked about enough is Charlotte Smith Taylor. Um, I don't know if she's going by Charlotte Smith uh, uh, these days or, or, or the hyphenated name, but she's down at Elon and, and has done that. I think when you win at mid-majors, it's really hard to do. Uh, and so those are a couple of names. Um, you know, I think that, you know, if I sat down and really thumbed through, I, I probably could come up with some more. Um, but the college game, I think, has really got some, some nice young coaches. I think there were some moves, uh, Mississippi State, um, you know, with, with um, uh, Vic Schaefer leaving and go to Texas, created an opening. Um, uh, Nikki McRae, who played in the, in the WNBA, that's another big name, uh, was on the Olympic team. Uh, you know, she's, she's uh, got a big-time job. So there's a, there's a lot, I think. Uh, the challenge is that when they've got these big-time jobs, uh, you know, economically it doesn't make a lot of sense for them uh, to, to be a pro coach at this time. I, I know, you know, maybe years from now that changes, but – uh, there's greater stability and, and greater uh, financial packages uh, that, that these coaches can get. So, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of really good coaches out there. I'm sure that the men's game would say the same thing. There's a lot of really good coaches and um, you know, I hope that we continue to, uh, to be diligent about uh, our coaching hires and, and make sure that uh, these good young coaches are getting opportunities. I mentioned all the people who helped us raise money for the winter wear drive. We should also mention Cara Quinn. She pitched in as well. And again, just another good hearted person who has been very supportive of this network of the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, you know, there with my, my wife's job, there's always a chance I'll be looking for a, a new house and move into a new neighborhood. Anytime. I really hope I get to do that with Cara leading the way you want if you're selling a house, if you're dealing with all the hassles and all the frustrations and all the anxieties, you want somebody you like, you want somebody you trust, somebody who you don't mind spending a little time with, that would be Cara. You can find her at Vibe, V-I-B-E-M-N, VibeMN.com. Look her up. Uh, her bio's in here, she, and you can read all about her time in Italy. Uh, if you go to LinkedIn, you can see her history, uh, doing good works and also working in the education community. But just uh, go to VibeMN.com. Check out Cara Quinn if you need to sell or buy a house. She's the person you want helping you. So I don't want it to be a requirement that every week uh, we talk about the state of the country, the state of the world, but I also don't want to miss any opportunities if you have anything to say. And I was thinking about all the, all the things going on we talk about. We talk about simply what's happening at the state capitol. Uh, we talk about the fact that Vogue magazine apparently pulled a double cross on Kamala Harris and put, used a photo she didn't want them to use, which I find bizarre. We can talk about Nancy Pelosi. Uh, is there anything in kind of the greater world or the world of social justice you want to get into this week? Um, you know, I think my, you know, my, my brain is, uh, I guess in this space after, uh, another impeachment, um, uh, of this president that, uh, I'm just really looking forward to the future <laughs> and I can't wait to get there. Uh, and I just hope that, uh, cooler heads prevail and, and, and we don't continue to, to, to you know, uh, to stain our country, uh, with, uh, the goings on like we saw, uh, last week at the, at the Capitol. I know there was concern that Joe Biden would be just another old white guy kind of, you know, advancing traditional views. The, the, one of the most encouraging things I've seen, not only did he choose Harris to be his vice president and perhaps his successor, but he is setting records uh, with, you know, in terms of, to summarize it briefly, uh, not white male heterosexual uh, cabinet members and members of his administration and people in the Democratic Party. I do find that encouraging. 
I, I think that's one of the most encouraging things because I was uh, a bit of a skeptic uh, at one time uh, because it did seem like more of the same. Uh, so I have been really impressed that he is is, is following through on uh, a lot of things that, that he mentioned he would do. And, you know, he's got a lot of work to do, uh, you know, uh, much like Obama, you know, inherited, you know, really difficult uh, situations and, and uh, you know, the, you know, navigating the, you know, the end of this pandemic and getting people, you know, back to school, back to work and back to, uh, you know, whatever normal life is going to be. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to get back to what we knew to be normal. Um, but, you know, it's just he's got a lot of work cut out for him, uh, obviously the economy uh, and just I think the state, this, this uh, you know, maybe the overall um, climate in the country. Um, you know, can, can we, you know, can we calm things down? Can we work together? Uh, it'll be interesting to see how maybe the uh, goings on at the Capitol uh, become an impetus possibly for that, as we saw with 10 um, uh, congressional Republicans uh, voting to impeach the highest number ever in an, an impeachment trial that, that, you know, can, can both sides now look at this and go, look, this is, this is not who we want to be. This is not who we're going to be. And, and can we, you know, use that as, as a way to, you know, to bring our, our political leaders together to be greater examples uh, for our nation, which is exactly what we need. And it will be fascinating because a lot of Republicans were telling reporters off the record, hey, I would have voted for impeachment, but I fear for my life and my family's life. Uh, it, it, it's This is an amazing time in America. Um, and, you know. Well, let's not act like these things haven't gone on for years. They have. Uh, and, and, you know, and that's, you know, that that's absolutely very, I, we, why would anyone be want to be a politician? I just don't yeah, understand it. Uh, because, you know, you, you don't know a lot of the times, are they, you know, what is the reason why they cast their votes uh, in, in the ways that they do? Um, because there, there are immense pressures and, and none greater than uh, threats to your, your family um, and, and their lives. So, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a, you know, it's a time that unfortunately we're going to read about in history books that we're just not going to be very proud of. Um, and, and hopefully there'll be uh, much better days ahead very, very soon. This will be a big year for Talk North. We appreciate everybody who's listened so far. Um, we're going to go to Cheryl here for a final thought in a second. I uh, just want to let you know if you'd like to advertise with us, as Glory and Cara do, you can reach Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. Uh, again, we appreciate everyone who listens. We appreciate everybody who contributed to the Winter Wear Drive. Big days are ahead for all of us. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to a WNBA season to be able to write and talk about. Uh, Cheryl, why don't you wrap things up with a, a final thought on whatever topic you like today? Yeah, I think you just hit it. I'm, I'm just really looking forward to the 2021 uh, WNBA season. Uh, you know, the, obviously the um, lots to be excited about with the Lynx, you know, coming off a, a 2020 season that a lot of people didn't expect uh, that, our, that our team would perform as well as we did. And, and we have a lot to build on. Uh, I know our players are excited. We're excited at the opportunity to be back with our, our fans at whatever capacity that ends up being. Um, so January, you know, like I said, and, uh, you know, free agency kind of uh, hope springs eternal, you know, type of thing. And, and so um, I'm excited about that and I'm excited to see what we can do for our fans. Thanks to Cheryl. Thanks to Brandon. We'll talk to you next week.